0: Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Bishop Napo. It's a blessing to gather in the name of the Lord Jesus this morning. We who once upon a time will be doing something else on a Sunday morning, now look forward to an interaction among the brethren with the word of God. We thank God for his mercies and his goodness that has being upon us and being with us up to so far, and we know that we would continue till the very end that he has ordained for our lives because he is still God and is on his throne. As we prepare to receive the word of God, I want us to talk to him and ask him to draw us nearer. In our hearts, children, to, to remove everything that is blinding us and making us not hear his word, and to deliver us from any chains that keep us bound and therefore not able to draw near to him, and above all to help our faith. Lift up your voice and begin to talk to the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you and we bless you. We give you praise. Thank you that there is none like you as we come before you. We know we have come before a loving God. We know we have
1: a merciful Father who loves us so dearly that you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus, to die for us.
0: And we have a Savior who loves us so much that he did not turn his back on the cross, but he faced
1: it, that
0: we would receive our deliverance. Thank you, Father, as we prepare to receive your word by your Holy Spirit. We pray that you would indeed open our eyes, open our ears, let us hear, let us understand let us receive instruction. Let us receive guidance. Heavenly Father, we cast and resist every demonic distraction, every demonic intrusion that will seek to prevent us from hearing our word that is yours. May our hearts, may our minds, may our spirit be alert and sensitive to receive your word that you have for us.
1: And we run with
0: it as your word comes forth. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for power. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for help. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for guidance. Thank you for your comfort. Thank you for your strengthening for
1: people. We surrender
0: to you totally. We ask you to work amongst us that God's glory, God's will will be manifested in our lives to the praise of his name. We pray for our loved ones, Lord, that your hand will be upon them for we are connected to them, Lord. And whatever affects them do affect us. Therefore, for our sake, Lord, have mercy. Have mercy and watch over them and deliver them from you. We pray against the spirit of death that is hovering on this earth in this season, that Lord, by your hand we shall be protected. We shall not die from the virus. And save our loved ones from the rampaging effect of this virus. Give us strength. Help us to tell them what we need to tell them so that they will be prepared if they have to meet you. Father, you are sovereign. We know not what you do, but you know what you do but we ask for your mercy to be abandoned in our lives. Lord, help us. Help us, we pray. Help us. For if you don't help us, we have no help. You are the only true help, and you are our only helper. Therefore, we rely on you. Christ, Holy Spirit, our Let your name be great amongst us. And cause us to always be faithful in our song to you, no matter what the season we go through. We bless you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I believe we will continue from where we left off. And just in case you are wondering why I'm using the two books. You see, the message that I believe we need to walk in is the message of being wise. If anything at all, at least as a serpent, the wisdom of the serpent. But I believe there's a higher wisdom, which is the wisdom of God that we must aim to walk in. Hallelujah. So this is the message I'm preaching. But I'm combining it with the backsliding because, you see, if you have not lived long enough, you would think that truth is truth and must be spoken as soon as it is received. But if you grow to be around a bit longer, you would discover that truth would work when the timing is right and when the state is appropriate. In other words, the person must be in a certain state for the truth to have its full impact. And like I said, you see, many of us have defined backsliding in our minds as somebody who doesn't go to church, as somebody who is drinking, as somebody Who has no regard for God And the things of God But I I Submit to you that You can still be in church And be backslidden You can still Be in church And be, be, be backslidden You can still be Doing all the things That Christians do And still be backslidden so it is important as the truth comes for us to also be aware of our state and therefore not reject the truth, but rather deal with our state. Because once your state is dealt with, the truth will make meaning to you. The truth would make meaning to you. And some of the things that are the truth are actually what we also need to deal with our states, to overcome our state. Hallelujah. So I'll be sharing backsliding as the same, at the same time also, showing us the wisdom that would help us to overcome our state. Of backsliding, of our backsliding state. Hallelujah! And last week, one of the key points I shared was the wisdom of giving yourself wholly to overcome the things that are trying to overcome you, or the things that are keeping you in a backsliding state. Most of us don't give ourselves wholly to the things that are prescribed as helpful. So by so doing, we don't see the fruit of whatever has been prescribed as helpful. But we learned from the wisdom of the serpent that in handling its prey, it gives itself wholly to it Especially when the prey is big. it, 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 it And is said to it, you know, I was just before I came to preach or before this morning, I was watching a documentary on snakes, somebody who catches snake, And just the small portion that I watched, I realized that the snake has many tricks under its sleeves. The tail of most snakes is pointed, very pointed and sharp. So it gives you a pricking sensation, like it it, it, it can use it to, to try to hurt you. I said, what? I never knew that. And you can see that the animal is using everything it has to survive and to overcome its enemies. Hallelujah. And I believe that as we give ourselves holy to our Christian work, to our developing our relationship with God through Christ and the Holy Spirit, we will see the fruit, we will see the glory of God upon our lives here on earth before we even get to heaven. Amen. Amen. Now, I know that many of us, and and if you're asking me, why don't you give title to your message? I don't give titles because everybody hears differently. Everybody hears differently. So your title in in all essence or in in the truth is, is irrelevant. Yes, we've been taught that a good message has a title, but my intention is not to preach a good message. My intention as led by the spirit is to speak to you personally. And that is why I don't give titles. You can title the message whichever way you want. Hallelujah. Now, today I want to go a bit into the, 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 the word of God of course, using the two books. But let us, let us establish this basic fact. Why I say that most of us are in a vaccinated state. Why I say most of us are in a vaccinated state. Jeremiah chapter 2. My heart is refusing to open. Jeremiah, chapter 2. I in Jeremiah, chapter 2. As the person sitting by you, where's your Bible? The fact that we are sitting at home doesn't mean we should not have the Bible. Tell the person the fact that we are sitting at home Does not mean we should not have a Bible. The home is our church. Because the Lord said, Where two or three are gathered, I am in their midst. Amen. Jeremiah 2, verse 19. I want to start from, maybe I feel like starting from verse 17. The Lord, by his spirit, through the prophet, is asking a question. Has thou not procured this unto thyself? In that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God when he led thee by the way now he's describing their state and their calamities and he's explaining that is this not your doings that you are forsaking the Lord when he led you by the way and now what has thou to do in the way of Egypt what has thou to do in the way of Egypt to drink the waters of Sihon? or what has thou to do in the way of Assyria? To drink the waters of the river. So, so you see, the Lord is asking them by His Spirit to say, "Where, where are you going? What do you think you are doing?" And many of us, <laughs> if the Lord were to speak to us, He would say the same thing: "That what do you think you are doing? Where do you think you are going?" This is what the Lord says. He says, Thine own wickedness shall correct thee, and thy backslidings shall reprove thee. You know, some years ago, I learned the scripture, or I read the scripture, and it gave me the strength to deal with people that are being ungrateful to me, that I have nothing to say to you. Whatever wickedness you display, I leave you to it. <laughs> this is what the law says. It says, Thy own wickedness shall correct thee and thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God And that the verse, the portion of the verse that I want you to underline is that the Lord is saying that it is an evil thing to forsake the Lord your God. And it is bitter. It's not a nice taste. And that my fear is not indeed, said the Lord of hosts. Now, those of us who keep on arguing, and having all sorts of thoughts, I know that you will say about Bishop. Who has argued? Since you are talking, nobody has said anything. Now I know you have not said anything, but you have said it in your mind. You get it? You so We said New Year preach a very powerful message. Powerful messages, according to you, have been preached to you since you got born again. And where have you? And where has it led you? Let's look at ourselves first. Let's look at ourselves, and God will lift us up and bring us to where we ought to be. Now, the Lord says that you are backsliding because you are forsaking the Lord your God. I know most of us will say we have not forsaken him. Let me ask you a question. If you have not forsaken the Lord, are you depending on him in your pursuits? Are you walking in His wisdom, in His counsel? Are you walking in His ways, as you wake up every morning in your daily life, as you go about your work, as you go about the many things you are doing? Are you walking in His wisdom? Yes. You. You see. You say no, but I still go to church. I don't even know what to say to this type of language. I still go to church. I still pray. Pray about what? And pray to who? (laughs) Listen. Let us hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. And receive the truth to ourselves. You, You see, you don't need to go and confess to somebody. the truth that you have received for yourself. You you see, uh, the truth, it benefits you, you. The truth is for you. It's not for somebody. It's for you. So once you receive it in your heart and you walk in it all the way, it will bear fruit in your life. The reason why many things have been said to us and we still don't see improvement is because we don't receive it as truth to us. We feel that it belongs to somebody. And mind you, the fact that you are speaking the truth to others doesn't mean you are speaking it to yourself. It says that, and that my fear is not in thee. Now, let me ask you a question: Do you think the fear of the Lord is in you? The fear of the Lord is in you. Your answer will determine where you are. The reverence of God the allness of God were inside. God has spoken and all I have to say is amen. Because as we look at our lives, where the Lord tells us to focus our minds and our attention on, we don't focus. Jesus advised the disciples and of course to us. When he said, lay not up for yourself Treasures here on earth, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Most of us, we, we only think of heaven as a place to go when life is ended here on earth. We don't take it. We don't see it as a, a place to store up treasures, as advised by God. His word doesn't mean much to us when he says, "Take no thought of tomorrow, what you shall eat, what you shall wear." But it's like that advice. So it's almost, not as the person, God's word, God's advice, God's wisdom about how to live here on earth doesn't do much in us. We we, we give it very little attention. And that in itself is because of the state in which we are. And if there's any prayer that I would pray for myself, that Lord, I would esteem your word above my necessary food. That's all. That, that's that's the prayer I want to pray for myself. That I will strive, no matter how difficult it may be, to believe and to walk in the Word of God, whilst I'm here on okay. earth. Hallelujah. So, with this note, you can define where you are, because if you believe that the reverence of God, I don't know what other version can we have. Can we have another version of the Bible so that it's, it will say it's simpler for us? New Living Translation. Maybe somebody can read. Somebody can read another version for us. Who will be kind? For us to read
2: another version of Jeremiah chapter two, verse nineteen. I don't have anybody to read for me. Uh, let me read. It says Jeremiah two nineteen. Your wickedness will bring its own punishment. Your turning from me will shame you you will see what an evil, bitter thing it is to abandon the Lord your God and not to fear him. I, the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Amen.
0: Yeah. So that's what the Lord is saying. He's saying to a people that he he judged as backsliding, And I believe that. Listen. I mean, there's no way we can argue with God. If we were to evaluate ourselves based on the word of God, I mean, we are all vaccinated. We are all we are not we are not vaccinated. We okay, yeah, we are in that state. We are in a vaccine, but there is recovery for us. I said, by the wisdom of the serpent, we will recover and be in the state where God's glory will manifest in our lives. And if you are alive and you are hearing the word of God, I tell you this I believe it. Any mistake I make in my life where I get to see that I've made a mistake, it doesn't depress me at all. It rather gives me hope. And I'm always thankful that I could see the mistake before my life here on Earth was over because I get the chance to correct it. But I know some of you, the reason why you fight admitting things is because you don't want to face your mistakes. But it doesn't do you good. It doesn't do you good by defending yourself and denying the truth when it's obvious. It only robs you of a chance to make corrections. Hallelujah. So today, as we press on, knowing that we are in a backsliding state, we—I just want us to look at the attitude that makes us comfortable in a backsliding state. Because, I mean, if, if, you see, if a vaccinated state, for us to stay in that state, we must be comfortable. There's something that makes us comfortable in that state. That's why we stay in it for long. So let's look at some of the attitudes that is prevailing amongst us. And I believe God would help us by his wisdom as we learn about the serpent to overcome what is trying to overcome us. Because there is a glory of God that must be manifest in our lives as we live it here on earth. God's glory must be manifest on our lives, in our lives, which will cause humanity to give thanks to God. Yes. Your life is to bring thanks and praises to God. And this is what Satan is fighting you. This is what Satan is fighting me. Saying that my life must never bring the praise to God that it ought to bring. But I see you living out your life that brings praises to God and that manifests God's glory to humanity. Hallelujah. You shall be the light that you are called to be. You shall be the sort that God has called you to be. Satan will never prevail against you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So let's look at some of the attitudes that prevail. And just in case you want to know where I'm reading from, I'm just reading backsliding and I think it's chapter, is one of the chapters if you have the book. Is chapter four, entitled The Psychology of Backsliding. What is the attitude? What attitudes commonly prevail amongst us? One of them is, I'm not alone. Others are backsliding too. Oh, what comfort we receive when we find others who also share our state-ish. It's so comforting, it's not funny to know that I'm not alone. But you see, your greatest mistake is to have comfort in not being alone. You see people in a vaccinated state and then they, they try to see who else is like them. And especially if somebody they perceive To be higher than them is like them. Then it's very comforting. Listen, it's a big mistake you are making. We all are called to run our race and to walk our walk. We will not stand before God. And God is not dealing with us as a group. He's dealing with us as individuals. Hallelujah. So your greatest mistake is to take comfort that you are not alone. You see, especially when you don't know the path that is ahead for others who are like you. You see, you you are taking comfort that we are together. But somebody has in their family a praying father, a praying mother, a praying sister. Somebody has in their family a blessing that delivers them when they have gone astray. You see, look, if you are a son of Saul and you are walking in a state and you compare yourself with a son of David, you are making a mistake. I said, you are making a mistake. Because you, you see, you have different lineage. The inheritance is different. You may not have anybody to rescue you, Because God never promised Saul anything. But God God promised David that there would always be a seed of yours on the throne. So you see, the mistake most of us make is to compare ourselves with ourselves. And the Bible says those who compare themselves with themselves are not wise. We dare not compare ourselves with others. We are not comparing ourselves with others. So that, that psychology that we are together and that comfort, you see, people who are in church who are supposed to be serious and committed, and then they go out drinking and doing all those things. And you see, the funny thing is that they go out from a group in the church, and it's so you see, you're, that you're making a mistake. Listen, you may not be alone, but you receive your reward alone. So don't allow yourself to be deceived by the fact that you are not alone. A lot of people are saying, everybody's saying. You see, everybody can say, but you in particular, you in particular, you're on a, a yellow card already. So you have no chance to make another mistake. Because for you in particular, it will be a red card. Your next mistake is a red card. So as everybody is saying, as everybody is doing things, and you comfort yourself, we are all together. No, you are making a mistake. Everybody can say, nothing will happen to them but you. When you say it, that is when the door of the enemy will open into your life to destroy you. Hallelujah. I don't want to give detailed examples, but I'm sure you know the examples that you should give yourself. Hallelujah. The second point is, I have a lot of time. Christ is not really coming soon. Listen. The only reason you would evaluate how much time you have according to Christ's coming, is because you lack understanding about your walk with God and his intentions for your life. You see, after Christ, he will come. Are you with me? After Christ, he will come. But many of us may easily not see his coming here on earth we will go to meet him if we make it. Yes, many of us may not see his coming. So evaluating how much time you have based on Christ's coming is a big mistake. You should evaluate how much time you have according to God's purpose for your life here on earth. You should evaluate how much time you have according to the work of God in your life. Because there is a time for everything. So it is the time you have. Yes, you may have the time, but it is not for that particular thing that must be done in your life. Because the time for that particular thing that must be done in your life. Is past. Or is passing. So to say that, oh, we have a lot of time. It's not to understand your calling. It's not to understand the reason for which Christ has apprehended you. It's not to understand the reason for your salvation. Hallelujah. So it's a sad thing that when Christians say, oh, I have a lot of time. Christ is not coming soon. I pray that that is not your thinking. I pray that that is not your thinking. That's my prayer for you. Because it's not about Christ coming. It's not about going to heaven. After heaven, if you believe in Jesus and he sees you as believing in him and he chooses you and says you belong to me, you will go to heaven. But it's, it's a little bit more than going to heaven. It's a little bit more than Christ's return. It's more of your life fulfilling its purpose. It's reason for the salvation. And the allotted time God has given to you. So I pray that you would not be deceived by this lie that operates in the world. That, oh, I still have time. Yes, you do have time but not for this particular thing that should be present in your life, which will make you stand when the enemy comes. The particular season of your life has a purpose to make you survive when the enemy comes. So not to do what it is meant or what that season is meant to do is actually to make you vulnerable to the enemy's attack. hallelujah. I pray for you, and I pray for myself also, that I must do what I need to do, when I need to do it. As I reflect over my own life, I realize that there are things I have missed, and i wasted time that I should have done that I have not done, and I'm pleading, Lord, have mercy. Help me to move speedily to do what I need to do. To recover from the wasted time that I see in my life. God loves me too much to punish me. Listen, it's not about punishment. It's not about punishment. If it was punishment, he would have punished you when you were a sinner. And he didn't have to pay the price. It's 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 beyond punishment. It's about his purpose, his blessings. Is grace that you must walk in to manifest to humanity? So don't evaluate your comfortable state or your comfortable back state. Hallelujah. Based on all these attitudes, I have more time. I'm not going to die soon. What a big lie! What a big lie. You can tell yourself, "Do you, do you know when you are going to die?" We pray that we will live, but in spite of our prayers, God is the final decider. I said, "In spite of our prayers, God is the final decider." Amen. And and mind you, mind you, mind you, you are you are not supposed to die soon, but because of your vaccination state, you have gone off the road. That will keep you for a long life. That's that's what some of us are not aware. That, oh, yes, you're supposed to see your children's children and your great-grandchildren. But you see, because you have gone off the road that will lead you to that long life, your life is at risk, or your life may be at risk. And Satan is happy to tell you that, to lie to you, to deceive you, to keep you walking on the wrong road. And sometimes, sometimes the realization that I may not have a long time will lead you to do the things that actually will give you a long time. Is that not the prayer of Moses in Psalm 19? When he said, Lord, teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Is that not his prayer? Because, you see, numbering your days doesn't mean that your days are short. No. Numbering your days makes you careful and you utilize your days efficiently, appropriately. In the process, you actually get more days. It's the same as finance. The reason why we waste our money is because we don't don't actually number them but those who number or count their moneys and their pennies, they put it to best use and therefore they tend to have more. They don't have less. So brothers and sisters, fellow Christians, listen, let us not be deceived by these lies that are in the world. Hallelujah. Let us not be deceived. Now, one of the things I realized about the serpent, you see, as we, we are going to do a few things in the next coming two weeks. But one of the things I realized about the serpent is that whatever has been given to it, by the creator who is God the serpent has not neglected anything the serpent has not neglected anything and that is what has made it able to survive in spite of the hatred that it may have in certain places, you see, it's it's in the western world, Let, let's get our facts right. In the western world, snakes are not killed. Do you get it? In the western world, snakes are not killed, they are considered to be part of the environment. So whenever they show up at the wrong place aspects are called to come and take them back to where they ought to be. But in a place like Africa, where we have a different attitude towards the snake, you would expect, and I don't know about Asia, India and things maybe they don't kill but I know Korea they eat it I don't know whether they have a special one they need to eat or they just eat any other snake that is available that comes around I don't know please I've not done my research on that but of course in a place where you are meat uh, you are either bred for eating or if you happen to have bread yourself you will be eating as well Hallelujah. You'll be hunted in your own territory to be eaten. But in Africa, I don't know if we eat snakes in Africa, but I'm sure a few tribes, a few groups of people may eat it here and there. But in Africa, snakes are killed. I mean, I'm sorry to say this, but with all my education about the environment and all those things, I don't see why I should allow a snake to comfortably hang around. It can hang around where it belongs, in the bushes. You get it, but if it makes a mistake and comes to where I'm staying, and comes near, uh, there's only one faith for it. And it will go to its maker very quickly. Hallelujah. You can call me a bushman. It's okay. I agree with you. That's what I am. There's nothing wrong with being a bushman. Amen. But you see, so with this, you'd have thought that the snake would have survived only in places where the environment is friendly. But listen carefully. The snake has survived everywhere. There's nothing like a no-go area for the snake. And it has survived as close to us in every way. In every way. And I said, to myself, what is it about the snake that makes the snake survive like that? And as I watch documentaries, as I read about them, I realize that they they utilize everything about them. They have given themselves wholly to existing and to surviving. They have not partly. No, no. Even their scales. You would think that the skills is just for protection. But they, some of the snakes actually use the skills for another type of movement to lift themselves up on trees and other things. On the ground, they wiggle around, they use the muscles, which t- make them twist and move. But on trees, the some of them with skills, they use it to lift themselves and move very fast. I said, hey, these creatures they are wild. And they are wise. Because, you see, their wisdom is this. Let me say this to you. The snake was created. It didn't create itself. But, like other animals, it seemed to have used everything that it has. Because other animals have saliva. Saliva. But how come their saliva is not as dangerous as that of the snake? And how did the snake know that their saliva can kill things? And God, I, when I look at this, I just say, God, you are wild. You have taught every animal and every creation of yours how to live and how to survive. Because who teaches the snake? That the, the teeth in your mind, mouth, I know it's fun, but the teeth in your mouth is actually a needle for injection. Who teaches a snake that when you spit, your saliva has things in it that can spoil many things tissues? For me, I find it amazing, but one of the wisdom I realize is that the snake uses all that has been given to it whether the external part or the internal part it tries to always hide to avoid detection it moves away from evil as much as it can Some of us, as the Bible says, abstain from all appearances of evil. As the snake senses you far away and hides away from you. You see, in spite of its ability to kill by its venom, many people, it keeps away From anything that would be confrontational. Because it also knows that it's not invincible. But many of us as Christians. Actually. Go towards. What would destroy our Christian life. Hallelujah. What would destroy. Our Christian life. Such as the company we keep. The people we chat with. The topics we chat about. The things we focus as our interest. But not so with the snake. You see, the snake is very careful and keeps away from what can take it out of life. Because the snake knows that it's not invisible. For the snake to, to... To defeat you it must be very close and it knows that as long as it is far from you its weapon cannot work and you can have an advantage so you know let's keep away as long as we can escape hallelujah hallelujah so you see that the snake is wise in that, one of the things is that it keeps away from what can be evil to it. But what we see as Christians, we keep company with what can be evil to us. Some of our friends that we have, they are the source of Satan into our lives. They, they, they are the door by which Satan comes into our lives. But anyway, that's not what I want to talk about today. Maybe I'll talk about this another time. But what I'm saying is that I'm realizing that the wisdom of the serpent is that it uses everything it has. Including its kill. Including its tail. I mean the tail. Its fans. Its venom. Its tongue. It uses everything it has. And has neglected nothing about himself. But what do we see in Christians? Christians, we focus on external. To the neglect of the internal. In spite of the fact that we have been made aware that it is actually the strength of the internal that will make the external work nicely. Yes, didn't Jesus say it? That you Pharisees, you clean the outside of the cup. Matthew 23 I think so. 1 to 23 verse 25. Your Peter, please read for me.
2: Is there to read for me? Somebody read for me. Verse 20, twenty-five: Who unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Twenty-six. Verse
0: twenty-six.
2: Please move to 26. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also.
0: It's as simple as that. You see, I'm
2: telling you that
0: my observation of the snake is that it makes you it utilize it utilizes everything about it. It utilizes everything about it. The outside of it, he chooses an environment that blends with its color. The inside of it he's not just saying saliva. It's a saliva that can do something. It's a saliva that, can, you see, the snake eats by using its internal weapon. So this, you can see that the snake has not neglected any aspect of him, particularly its internal part. Because by his strike, once it gets close enough to its prey, it strikes it once and leaves you to go. I have everything to trace wherever you are. I have the senses to locate you. I know once I've injected you, I know you are going to die. And I'll have food to eat. And by the same thing, I'll use it to defend myself against anybody who wants to fight me. So you can see that the snake actually has neglected nothing about itself. But unfortunately for us Christians, through the deception of the enemy, we have become outward-minded. We are outward-minded, outward-focused in everything we do. And have neglected the inside. We have neglected the part that is essential for our survival and our multiplication and our fruitfulness. But I see you changing. And as we look at the serpent, it should make us wise. And say, if the serpent has neglected nothing about themselves, then let us not only focus on our outward, but let us focus on our inward as well. And let us hear the wisdom of Jesus who says to us if you work from the inside, the outside will be fine. If your inside is working, you will have your food to eat. If your inside is working, your outside will be clothed beautifully. If your inside is working, everything about you will work. No matter the season. No matter the storm. But unfortunately, many of us want to focus on what can be seen and what is visible. But you see, in closing, I want us to read someone Inclusive, I want to, have to read someone. It's a short book. And I pray for myself and I pray for you that God will help us to direct our attention, to neglect nothing about us. Whatever God has given to us, I said, whatever God has given to us, we will not neglect any. The promise of the Holy Spirit. We have received him as a gift of God to dwell in us, to be in us, to be our helper, to be our guide. But have we not neglected his presence and his work in us? We shall neglect him no longer. And listen, 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 listen. Those of you that say that we don't have time. We work. We have things to do. Let me say something to you. You do the things that you need to do. Not because you have time. Because there are also people that are pastors. Who say or who are full time. But don't use their time. I wish I didn't have to say this. But what I'm learning is that having the time and using it are two different things. Having the time and using the time are two different things. So stop saying you don't have the time. And rather start striving to use the time that is at your disposal. Don't say that you don't have the time because having the time is one thing and using the time is another thing. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. We are reading someone as I round up in closing. And I want to show you something in someone. Someone is a psalm that speaks about happy or blessed. It starts by declaring that happy is the person or blessed is the person that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law does he meditate day and night. He, that person, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That bringeth forth fruit. That bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leave also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Hallelujah. The ungodly are not so, but they are like a chaff, which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the Lord shall perish. Now, I want to ask you a question. The person, here is a person who is compared to a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. I want to ask you a question. Which part of this tree brings out the results that we see being described. Bringing forth his fruit in the season. His leaves shall not wither. What makes the tree able to have the description Of the ability to bring forth fruits when it ought to bring forth fruit, Of the ability to withstand the heat and have fresh leaves. What makes that tree? You don't have to answer. I'll answer it for you. It is the root of the tree. The tree is not planted in the water. The tree is planted by the water. It is the roots of the tree that connects to the water that gives what we see. But the real source of what we see is, is, is the unseen part of the tree. The unseen work of the tree. Hallelujah. It is the roots that makes the tree have the description it has. Now, as a Christian, the Lord has showed us and has told us in many ways what to do for us to blossom, for us to flourish in this world. Remember, I said to you that one of the key wisdoms that I see of the snake is that it has neglected no part of its creation. In other words, whatever it has, it makes use of everything, both internal and external. If you are going to be wise as a serpent, then make sure you and I will use everything God has given us. God has given us external body, but so also has he given us internal spirit. God has given us eyes to see physically. But so, as, so also has He given us eyes to see spiritually. But the best of them is how to do church in our homes. We have to work in the principle where two or three are gathered, not where thousand are gathered. We have to do prayer in our homes. We have to read our Bible, do Bible study in our homes. because we can't eat. But if you discover carefully, or if if you look at the word of God, you discover that. In fact, what this season is forcing us to do is what we should have been doing all these years. Matthew 6, 5 and 6. Somebody read for me. Matthew uh, 6,
2: 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which seeth which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Hallelujah. We are being told
0: where we should be praying. Yeah, we are being told where we should be praying. Listen, the prayer meetings are good, but the best prayer meetings are the ones where you are alone. I said the best prayer meetings are the ones because it is there that you can be real. It is there that you will speak the things you need to speak. It is there that you will bring up the issues that must be brought up. Hallelujah. Now, as a denomination, we are beginning our denominational fast from tomorrow for two weeks and we must set ourselves individual targets. The Denominationally we have set ourselves praying at least six hours a day for the next two weeks. But you must set your target and wake up and pray. Hallelujah. We will pray on different platforms and in different ways but at the end of the day I'm not going to come and watch you Because we are not gathering in a church. If you choose to sleep in secret, you will get the reward of sleep in secret. And if you choose to talk to God in secret, you will get the reward of talking to God in secret. The beauty of every reward is that it will be seen. Hallelujah. So, next week or this Monday... Actually, tomorrow starts our prayer and fasting, and I want all of us to pray like never before. I said I want all of us to pray like never before, and we are going to use the book wise, as I said. But in spite of the using the book, I believe that as you read it, the Lord by His Spirit will speak to you in person on issues to pray and pray about it. Hallelujah. So that God will bless us. Now, Jesus is telling us that the prayer that brings reward is the prayer that is done in secret. As we have this opportunity, don't miss your chance. Don't say that, ah, nobody's seeing me. I can sleep. no, 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 no. You sleep for yourself. You pray for yourself. You will eat the fruit of everything by yourself. At least you will be the first to taste it. Hallelujah. Some of us, we must pray for our character. You see, God must work in us and work through us. But the work in us is not done. It's zero. Some of us are liars to the core. Liars. It's like we lie. It's like our core nature. Is lies. You see, there's a scripture that says that for you have not resisted, I think it's in Hebrews, for you have not resisted sin to the point of shedding blood. In other words, it's like there are different levels by which you're supposed to resist sin. And there are certain points where it's like now, resisting sin, your blood must be shed or your blood will be shed. Some of us, it's like the 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 grid double R sins. We, we can't even handle them. As for well, you, no know, sin can pass by and say, "Oh, this one you pass." And the reason is because you have neglected the source of strength. I say you have neglected the source of strength, but I I see a change coming into your life in Jesus' name. I see that change coming. I'm praying for you. God would hear us and you will change. Hallelujah. Because you cannot be like that. There is a glory of God that must manifest in your life. And whatever is standing and fighting you, we are standing together with you in prayer to fight that thing. And because greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world, we shall defeat. Every opposition of the world against the manifestation of the glory of God upon our lives. So this Monday, let's make sure all of us are involved in the fasting and prayer, and let's rise up early, three a.m. Some of you must wake up to pray. You must wake up, walk around, and pray. We are doing it for only two weeks, so give it your best shot, and you'll be surprised that after that, something can rob off you, and it will change your life for good. Hallelujah. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. That has been our portion. Help us. We want to give ourselves holy we will not neglect any aspect of our life. We take care of our physical daily, but so also we give full attention to our spiritual and your promises with the spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We shall not neglect. We will seek for them as we seek for carnal things. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Bring the change as we prepare ourselves to fast and to pray. We ask for your mercy, Lord. By your spirit, let us be touched. As Jacob was touched, and a a permanent change was brought to his life. We will receive that touch. That will bring that permanent change. That will change our name from Jacob to Israel. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your goodness. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your kindness. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, somebody invited you to join in this Zoom, Facebook. Listen, the first step to becoming wise as a serpent, to overcome your environment, to overcome the hatred that exists for you and your life, is to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because by Him, You shall receive the internal power and the divine protection that you need. By him, you shall walk a new way that will bring glory to God. Therefore, Jesus is the answer for you. Jesus is the answer for me. He's the one by whom we might be saved. He's the one by whom we must come to God. Therefore, as every head is bowed and every eye closed, you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. Well, I'll pray with you. Join me in this prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my life. Thank you for loving me the way you do. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die for me. I believe in him as your son whose blood was shed on Calvary because of my sins. I believe that he resurrected on the third day and is alive with you and he shall return for his own. I ask you for forgiveness of my sins as I receive the cleansing power of the blood and I receive you, Jesus, into my heart and I ask for the baptism of your Holy Spirit that I will live and save you all the days of my life. Thank you, Father, for this love. Thank you for this grace that has found me in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, bless these ones that have given their lives. Let them never be the same. They may think it's just a joke because they did it in their own. But Lord, let them experience the supernatural power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.